This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Thanks for joining me. Today, we want to talk about ideas. You may have heard me uh, have a fun conversation with Leslie M. And I said, I always present my ideas as crappy ideas. Everything is a crappy idea. I'm trying to take the pressure of myself, right? But what she said is, you shouldn't judge your idea at all, period. An idea is an idea. Stop judging it. But at some point, we have to move ideas forward or build on them or combine them or whatever, right? Because that's where innovation starts, at least in my opinion. We will see. Maybe today's guest will disagree. Maybe he'll disagree. Maybe he'll agree with me. Uh, but we want to talk about how do you validate ideas? How do you move them forward? And when it comes to content creation, my friends, you have to publish. You have to publish. It is a fact of life. If you don't publish your podcast, your articles, whatever, it's never going to perform, period. Same is true for anything else in marketing. So today I'm joined by Will Russell, founder and CEO of Russell Marketing. Um, Will Welcome, um, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Christoph. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So talk to me about ideas. What's your opinion what I just talked about? Should we even talk about crappy ideas or good ideas? Or, or how do we move ideation forward without making anyone feel bad? Well, you brought up a couple of good points in that, in that, uh, in that starting piece. Uh, first thing you talked about, whether an idea is a good idea or a bad idea. I would say if I've learned anything in the years I've been launching uh, products, events, apps, I've learned that my gut feeling uh, can often be way off. So I like to be very objective and I don't tend to have many feelings about ideas until uh, we put them out there and validate them and then uh, and let the data do the talking. And then you point number two of go to publish. I think that, that relies, uh, oh, sorry, uh, resonates well with not just publishing, but but anything we can talk about today, any sort of idea. You know, you're not going to find out whether it's a good idea or a bad idea until you put it out into the world and let the people who you want to enjoy it share their feedback on it and, and respond. And so uh, mostly I, I agree with what you just said with with a couple of additional bits and pieces. That's, a, that's always what I like to hear. Now, one thing is, you know, to, to get feedback from people, we'll throw it up here. Voxpopme.com, agile qualitative research with video, you can directly ask your consumers, your customers, what are they thinking about an idea? What, you know, is it working for them? Uh, and kind of move it forward from there. And and I'm actually a big fan of the design thinking process too, right? I mean, you know, you get, a, you get feedback as you move along um, and you keep uh, reiterating, iterating as you move forward. Well, what other... Um, tips can you share when it comes to uh, coming up with good ideas and then moving them forward? What's the um, what's the silver bullet, so to speak? 
I, mean, I think the silver bullet has to be get that market validation, whether it's through uh, the design thinking process, whether it's through focus groups, whether it's through uh, online tools where you can speak directly to customers, uh, or whether it's through your own validation funnels. Uh, number one is to take that idea from the back of a napkin or, or from your mind, wherever it's, it's sitting, and get some real data, get some real information on it before you go too far. I think one of the, one of the challenges I see or one of the mistakes I see by many entrepreneurs in my business is they invest a lot, time, money, energy, emotion in their idea prior to collecting that, that feedback. And so one thing I always push for is you don't need a lot of money, you don't need a lot of time uh, in order to just test that idea, test that idea in the market. Uh, but, uh, but you can do it very quickly, very affordably. And then coming out of that test, whether it's uh, an online ads test, whether it's a focus group, whatever it might be, you actually have real data. And what that leads to is confidence. So once we've done a validation, we've validated this idea, we've seen the market loves it, responds really well. Maybe there's a couple of bits and pieces of nice feedback they have on audiences or messaging or whatnot. Uh, but primarily we're looking for that confidence. And then, then the entrepreneur can feel much more comfortable investing more time, investing more money uh, and investing, frankly, yeah, kind of more emotion, more fit to the project. Uh, knowing that it has a higher likelihood of success and knowing that once they do all that work, uh, the market's likely to respond in a pretty, pretty positive way. And then just on the reverse end, not all product ideas, or sorry, not all ideas in general, are, are good ones, and that's okay as well. But what we want to do is we want to find that out as quickly as possible. And so validating the idea, doing the market research, allows you to find out very, very quickly before you invest a lot of money, a lot of time, uh, find out very quickly whether uh, the consumer, the customer, the audience is going to respond in a good way. And if they're not going to respond, if it's just not a, a product people want, then better to know that now, before you spent a year building a prototype or, or a year writing the book, uh, find that out now, deal with it, put it away, uh, either iterate on it perhaps, or just move on uh, to a new idea. Better to find out that, that it's a no-go uh, as quickly as possible and affordably as possible. Well, so the one thing as a content person that I always struggle with is the amount of effort I put into something does not equal the amount of uh, success it has, right? So, I mean, mm -hmm. I've done podcasts on my phone, right? Me just talking into my phone and publishing mm -hmm. them. I had like 43,000 views and it took me no time. There was no editing, mm -hmm. right? And, and sold books and whatever. So how do we figure out what is the right amount of time? So for example, when it comes to content strategy, like I know it's going to take me a while, right? Like when I try something new, whether it's podcasting, live streaming, whatever, I know I can't just go seven episodes, which by the way, is what a lot of people are doing. They publish seven episodes and then they go, podcasting doesn't work. And I'm like, podcasting totally works. But you only did seven episodes. And then they'll say, well, but we're just testing. I'm like, well, you can test, but it takes you longer than seven episodes. So mm -hmm. how do you know? What? How do you, I mean, I find that really hard to figure out what's the amount of time 
or how do you tie it all together, right? I mean, think about what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We have the live stream. The live stream goes to TV. That goes to the radio network. That goes to the podcast. I might write an article about it. If one of those pieces doesn't perform, I don't even care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's all tied together. Um, and I just, you know, it's the same amount of work almost. Mm -hmm. So how do, how, how do people figure that out? What's the right amount of time to invest? Well, I would point to what you said at the end there. Firstly, you spread your bets, right? I think that's number one is important for people to remember. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, try different things, try different channels, try different platforms, uh, because throwing all of your time in, in one area, uh, if it doesn't work out, you're going to be in trouble. So I think that's just a, a note. With regards to how you know, I would say a couple of things. The first thing would be any sort of validation of an idea is just a, a minuscule campaign essentially it's a minuscule version of what you want to achieve so building out a podcast a successful podcast and longevity is obviously uh, a lot of hard work and a lot of time uh, building a successful product obviously a lot of hard work and a lot of time so what we want to do is just take the smallest possible version of that and put it in the market put it out there and see what the response is so for a product oftentimes we're launching products uh, we're looking at perhaps running a very, very simple advertising funnel, for example, or focus group uh, with simply concepts. We're not even promoting a product, just the concept. So the work that's been done, the investment that's been done is simply kind of formulating and making a little bit clearer what this idea is, who the audience is, what the messaging is. And then we put it out there. So no one can buy it yet. No one can really do anything with it yet. We just want to see how the market's going to respond through surveys, through advertising data, through web data, kind of time on site it might be, you know, might be a relevant metric for certain content pieces, downloads, that kind of stuff. Uh, now, once you've, you've done that test, I think the second thing to make sure you have going into it is some clear understanding of the benchmarks you want to assess it against. So let's say we put a product idea out there and we get, 100 people express interest uh, then we need to understand well what is that 100 a good number or a bad number and so we have to have a benchmark to benchmark that against so if you're doing this on your own there's a lot of good information out there online where you can research industry benchmarks for a lot of different things or if you're working with a company that uh, can help deliver validations around ideas they're going to have a whole bunch of benchmarks that they can point it against but ultimately, if you're going to run that little test, you're going to have to have some sort of metric, some sort of understanding uh, by which you're going to assess the, the early data you collect. And I think that's very important. So in the case of those podcasters you spoke about, Christopher, you know, seven episodes, I would argue, did they have a, a sufficient metric and a sufficient understanding of what they were going to benchmark against? What were their expectations in those, uh, in those seven episodes? Because, of course, they probably... If they're expecting a million views, then obviously they're going to be disappointed. But putting context uh, to that particular offer, that particular particular idea, and putting benchmarks to it so that they can actually see whether what they delivered and the data they collected and the response they got uh, surpassed or kind of underperformed, I think is, is super important as well. 
So we look at you know coming up with a really really light I, that version of the idea, and then secondly making sure that we have accurate benchmarks by which we can assess the performance of that early test. I think that sounds very um, that sounds correct, but I think it's a lot harder than it sounds. And I think we have to <laughs> yeah. we have to listen to people, right? I mean the the example. So I produce Real Talk. Um, the Customer Insights Show, and Nick Graham was on that show earlier this week, and he said, you know that quote everybody talks about how you shouldn't talk to customers, and they say, Henry mm -hmm. Ford said, well, if I would have asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses, mm -hmm. and he said, that's total baloney that people use that as an example, that you shouldn't talk to customers. Mm -hmm. There mm -hmm. is totally an insight in that quote. They're not telling you they want a car because they don't know what a car is, mm -hmm. but they're certainly telling you that they want to go faster, right? So I think the listening and, and asking people the right question, I think that's a whole challenge in its own, right? Uh, what are you asking people? I mean, if I'm if I'm thinking about, well, about the whole, like the whole Apple product system or echo, echo ecosystem today 15 years ago had you said to me that i need all this stuff do i need a watch do i need an iphone do i need an ipad pro mm -hmm. i would have been like no why and now it's like you know i use it for everything please tell me where my kid is do you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you talk to your watch so how do you kind of figure that out how do you find the right balance between presenting something or trying something and then asking the right questions and then mm -hmm. not just listening but really hearing what people say and you know i mean figure i mean this whole when i heard the thing about henry ford i've heard that example a million times i'm serious everybody says if i you know what i mean everybody mm -hmm. says that mm -hmm. and then when nick kind of turned it around i'm thinking that is so true mm -hmm. they totally told you they need to go fat they want to go faster but they don't know how to do it like, mm -hmm. but nobody apparently hears it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of things I think are really neat ways of coming to that and, and really hearing what people are saying. The first thing is running your own surveys. And I'll point out, you know, make sure if you're doing focus groups, if you're asking people about your idea, they're probably strangers. There's a great book, I can't remember the author, called The Mum Test, which talks about Mum is my idea good. Of course your mum's going to think your idea is good. So making sure when you're collecting this feedback from potential customers, uh, you're doing it in a way where you're asking people who will give you honesty. There's no way you'll get more honesty, kind of anonymous social media channels, and it can be brutal uh, in terms of providing feedback, but sometimes that, that brutal feedback is, is necessary. And then for people who say, well, I, I don't know how to ask for focus groups or I don't have funnels set up to run surveys, I would say go, go to Amazon, go to eBay, go and look at review websites and try and find uh, solutions that are similar to yours. So that I didn't say products, if you if you know, because there's not always a directly comparable product. Uh, I have a launch marketing agency, so I can't go onto Amazon and try and find different launch marketing agencies that wouldn't be there. However, I could find books about marketing and I can, I can look into those kind of reviews and that's where people are 
uh, often giving honest opinions. And so what we like to do for clients oftentimes is go through review sites and start pulling out the common threads. So if we see a lot of commentary around how a product is too expensive or uh, not durable enough or not waterproof enough or whatever the case may be, too, too, a book's too long, a book's too short, a book's not got enough detail, granularity, uh, we, can, we can compile all of those individual reviews, maybe look at 50, uh, 60 reviews, and you can find some common trends. You can find that, hey, 12 different people were talking about how this book was too long and could have been shorter and really focused, or 15 people were talking about how my water bottle uh, was leaking or this water bottle was leaking. And so you can, you can put uh, each of those kind of groups of, of reviews around the same topic into kind of categories. And just from a, a couple of hours of research on Amazon, it's pretty easy to pull out maybe half a dozen or so key categories uh, of feedback that you can see customers talking about with other similar products or other products that solve a similar problem to the one you're trying to solve. Uh, and you can put them into practice with your own uh, product launches, your own idea launches. So you don't even have to have your own funnel set up. You don't have to have your own marketing set up or your own focus groups to start collecting this information because uh, the internet's full of it just by browsing uh, review sites. So as you point, point out, Crystal, super important and I think readily available for, for anyone right away to start digging into. You know, I, I think what you kind of hint on a little bit here too is stop making excuses mm -hmm. why you can't do it, right? There's always a way, like you might not buy some high-end solution to do uh, focus groups in six metro areas in the United States. Do you know what I mean? If you're a startup, mm -hmm. for example, but you might go on, uh, you might go check reviews. You might go on those different channels. You might listen to people. Now, on social media, though, it's interesting because sometimes I would caution people, um, you, you still want to kind of really hear people and think about what you're hearing because sometimes the different um, the different extremes are, mo um, are the loudest. Uh, I remember, um, what's his name, the 49ers quarterback, Colin Kaepernick, mm -hmm. when he had the Nike commercial and everybody on social media was like totally on Nike saying, why, you know, they shouldn't do this, whatever. They, there was no positivity, but the search for Nike went way up, sales went way up, so it worked, right? So, so my point is, mm -hmm. I agree, you just want to make sure, think about other sources too. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. other sources can you listen to? What other sources can you can you research and and whatnot? And of course, asking people to, um, and the internet can be brutally honest. That's mm -hmm. uh, that's for sure. Now, but how about um, how people feel? I mean, I know there's some companies you bring up ideas. They're just shut down. There's mm -hmm. actually this Instagram account. I don't remember her name. It's not corporate Natalie. It's a, I don't remember her name, but she said the, the worst thing is when this says your idea is trash, the long pause after you mention it, right? How do you, how do you get people, how do you get teams to be collaborative and um, value ideas and move them forward or combine them or whatever? How do we, how do we get people on the same page? Well, I, I, 
for me that's you're pointing out kind of the the common negativity uh, or common negative aspect of working in more corporate work environments, bigger work environments where there's more decision makers. We feel that when we work with startups who are just very small teams, decisions and ideas, there's never a bad idea. Things can move through pretty quickly. You test things, you validate things, and they trust the data. I, in my experience, the, the bigger the company, generally, the more decision makers and the, the less people start to look at the data and trust the data and the more people want to voice their opinion. And, and I guess that's a, partly a human nature where people want to be heard. And if there's a team of 8, 10, 12 people and one person has an idea, then another person obviously wants to uh, stand out as well and, and make their own progress in their career and in life. So I guess in that standpoint, when you're looking at internal decision-making, internal ideation and getting those ideas tested, it's all about thinking of people uh, rather than necessarily just thinking about the idea of the customer. But in this case, in this situation, you're not just selling your idea uh, potentially to the future customer, uh, but you're going to be selling, even testing the idea to the team around you and understanding how can you bring people in and ensure that everyone receives recognition, perhaps, if that's what they're looking for, or how can you make people's lives easier, or I guess one of the common themes in internal discussions in bigger companies about new ideas or doing something a little bit different is going to be, well, this is just going to add workload to my plate, so you want to avoid that. That's a big stumbling block. So really, just put, there's a great book, another one I think of uh, called To Sell as Human by Dan Pink, which talks about how everything we do every day is pretty much selling. And the traditional salesman or woman is is no longer uh, in the past, but but everyone plays that role now. And and how whether it's selling a product to a to a customer as a startup or selling an idea uh, within a company to to your team, uh, we're all trying to sell. And what we just need to do is is understand and empathize with whoever we're trying to sell to. So in the case of a work environment. Maybe people, they don't want to take on the extra work. They've got something, they want to go to their kids' soccer game at the weekend. Uh, so if you need to move that idea forward, you need to make sure you're addressing that, that objection. And you also got, you got to figure out what are people motivated by, right? I think exactly. the whole getting recognition for every idea, I don't know if that's actually possible, right? Because if you're truly in a team environment, what happens is, you know, somebody says one thing and then before you know it, um, somebody else builds on that. So can you really tell um, who has had each idea along the way? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I recognize that. But as you point to, maybe we, we touch on uh, the recognition being an important piece of it. But as you said, it's going to be different for everybody. There's going to be different uh, different obstacles, a, a lack of recognition may be one obstacle, uh, the inability or lack, not wanting to do a bit of extra work or not wanting or having a busy workload and not wanting to take anything off your plate to replace it. Uh, whatever the case may be, uh, understanding, as you point out, and empathizing with what is someone's need, what does someone want, and, and how can you help them get that? That's applicable to your internal team. That's applicable between me and you today in this conversation. That's applicable uh, to startups with their ideas, uh, selling to new customers. That's applicable to 
bloggers or content creators publishing new content is something that, that everyone can uh, can think through themselves. And that, I mean, is that also the definition of what a good idea that should be moved forward is anyways? How does it help whoever you're trying to reach? How does it help your customer, your audience? I mean, is that how we should measure it or, or how would you recommend that? Well, I, I do think that's a big part of it. Uh, obviously, any successful product is going to be solving a problem people have. Uh, however, I do think there's a difference between having an idea, a good idea that can solve people's problems and turning that into a viable uh, business idea or viable or, or successful idea, depending on however you're measuring that success. Uh, <clears throat> we can have a great solution and, and people appreciate it, but if you can't create that solution, in an affordable way, in a timely way, in a way that's actually going to make it materialize uh, kind of at a price point, at a cost uh, that the end consumer will accept, then it's still not going to work. So I do think there's a couple of things there. Number one, obviously, all good ideas have to be ideas that solve problems, uh, that help people, provide value. Uh, and then the second question is, can we make this idea work in the, the channels available to us? So if it's a product, e-commerce, for example, can you make it worse work with an e-commerce uh, system? Uh, if it's a part, if it's a book, uh, can you make it work in terms of getting a, a publisher to purchase a manuscript? You know, I think there's a there's a second step, uh, which is less theoretical and more practical based on kind of the available resources to us. Absolutely. Well, in the last minute here or so, tell us uh, how do people work with you? How do they reach you? And uh, like, who do you work with? Sure. So we're Russell Marketing. You can visit the website russellmarketing.co. Uh, we have a launch system. We launch uh, products, apps, events. We work a lot with hardware products, people looking to launch on crowdfunding or hardware, that kind of thing. Uh, if, if, if you have an idea, that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to take that idea, validate it, and launch it with a successful campaign. So feel free to, to head over to, to russellmarketing.co. Just take a look at some of our projects and should you should you have something you think we can collaborate on then of course you can contact us right there awesome fantastic thank you so much for joining me today hopefully everybody gets some ideas on how to think about your ideas bringing them to market validating them and collaborating together uh, we'll really appreciate you making the time thank you that's a wrap thanks for tuning in Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.